0: Welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 19. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Will. I've only shared my experiences with my very closest family members and soon-to-be husband for fear of not being believed or just being seen as batshit. I've had several weird encounters through various stages in my life, all of which I've either chosen to dismiss or choke up to something explainable. Just that explanation escapes me. Things like people passing me on the street only for me to turn in the direction they were heading and them not being there when I looked. Or the odd feelings that I would get right before news was set to be delivered to someone I was with and seemingly knowing what the news was before they did. I somehow know things about people without having to be told. Not everyone, just sometimes. It's weird. I've had inexplicable bouts of nausea and dizziness when entering negative spaces that could easily be mistaken for a hangover but always clears immediately upon exiting said space. All of which happened frequently enough but I dismiss it as coincidence or whatever. The experience I'm writing in about occurred over 20 years ago and I still to this day remember as clearly as if it just happened and there is absolutely no explanation for it. At 21... My then-boyfriend and I worked as bartenders in separate local clubs. We shared a two-family, three-storey home with two other roommates, both drag queens, who occupied the second floor where the common areas were, the living room, kitchen and bathroom. My partner and I had the room in the attic. The owner whom I've never met lived on the ground floor. Our apartment quickly became known as a Studio 54-esque hangout, with constant comings and goings of all sorts day and night. It was not uncommon to come home after or between shifts to find the place packed with strangers looking to pregame before hitting the bars or continue their festivities long after the club had closed. For the most part, I only used the room to crash out for a couple of hours before heading back out. To get there, though, you'd need to cut across the kitchen and navigate the narrow, winding, carpeted staircase. Once upstairs, the attic had been sectioned off into two separate spaces. At the top of the staircase was an open loft-like area our roommates used as a dressing room and to the left a door leading to our room. The room we stayed in was long and had a slanted ceiling on its far side. I'm fairly short and still need to duck to get in bed. The door never stayed shut if closed so if we wanted privacy, we'd have to use the old floor model TV we lugged around as a doorstop. It was heavy and a pain to move around, but necessary. The slanted side of the ceiling had this weird plywood door cut into it that had been warped over time and didn't quite seal flush anymore. The first thing I remember happening that I couldn't write off as being drunk or all in my head was the knocking. I'd been laying in bed alone, watching TV. My boyfriend hadn't come home yet when I heard scratches on the flimsy plywood door. I sat straight up in bed and glared at the door. It was moving. Something was trying to get in. Now at this point, with it being an old house, I assumed some rodent had gotten in. It was a squirrel or a raccoon. I raced downstairs, grabbed both my roommates and demanded they handle it. Not sure what my expectations were, but considering they were both bigger than me, I left it to them to figure it out. Their answer? Duct tape. There was always duct tape. The answer to most any crisis. But I digress. They sealed the door, closed the small gap that exposed the roof's framework and insulation and whatever else was behind it. They made several jokes at my expense before leaving to resume their day. No sooner than I'd settled back in bed, it knocked. There were three distinct knocks on the door Taylor and Monica had just sealed. Raccoons don't knock. I flew downstairs with another demand. Vodka. This was a situation I was going to drink myself out of and forget ever happened. We left for the bar and I said nothing of the weirdness in my room. I'm not sure how much time had passed, but a few days at most, when the nightmares started. They were always the same. A dark figure stood at the foot of our bed, staring at us both. The figure never spoke and didn't move, but managed to choke me from a distance. The pressure on my neck didn't come from outside as a grip against my skin, but inside my throat, twisting my trachea, each hand in the opposite direction. I'm not a religious person at all, but instinctively I began repeating the Lord's Prayer in my head. The grip tightened and the twist became more violent. I started screaming the words louder and louder and it stopped. I jolted awake dripping in sweat and shaking uncontrollably from a deep chill that seemed to be radiating from within. My partner was beside me, completely passed out and unaffected. I told myself it was just a dream and to go back to bed. Not sure how, but eventually I fell asleep and spoke none of this to anyone the next day. Like I said, my then-partner and I were bartenders at this time, which would, on occasion lead to one or both of us at times not making it home at the end of the night. It was a problem that neither of us wanted to solve, but we promised one another we'd change. No matter what, we'd make it home at night, at any time, or in any condition. The night he broke that promise was the last night I spent at that house. But it wasn't for the breach. I flat out could not explain what happened that morning. I woke up after the nightmare again, to find I was alone in bed again. He hadn't made it home and I was over it. I lay there watching TV. At this point I never turned it off. Drifting in and out of consciousness. I knew it was early morning but I had no idea what time. It was light out and I was exhausted. I heard the door at the base of the stairs open and listened to him creep up the stairs trying not to wake me. I was furious. But just wanted someone there so the bad things that were happening would stop. He reached the top of the stairs and... "'and kicked off his shoes, as we did before coming into the bedroom. "'He pushed against the door, struggling to move our makeshift doorstop. "'I quickly pulled the blanket over my head. "'I didn't want to fight. I didn't have the energy. "'I pretended to be asleep. "'He sat down on his side of the bed and leaned over me. "'He could be a jokester and often used humour to curtail a potential argument. "'I was seething. "'He sat there leering for what felt like an eternity.' Why couldn't he just leave me alone? I ripped off the covers and screamed, What the fuck is wrong with you? But no one was there. The room was empty. The door was still closed in the position I had left it in and I was alone. I jumped out of bed, grabbing only what I could carry in one trip with the random luggage pieces I could find and noped the fuck out. I passed my ex in the courtyard as I ran to my car. To this day I've never told him or my roommates, what happened, or why I left. You know what, Will? I'm going to say it. That ghost got you out of a shitty situation. There, I've said it. I've said it. If that man keeps breaking his promises, then you just got to get out of there. And that ghost was like, babe, you know this is toxic. You've got to get out of here, and I'm going to help you get out. I'm going to free the shit out of you, and you're going to go. I mean, it's not the best tactic that I've ever heard. Although I do enjoy the duct tape portion of the story because we all know that duct tape is the salvation for all of life's problems, let's be real. And that house kind of sounds like chaos, but it sounds like some, somewhere I'd like to live just maybe for a week. Without the haunting, I'd live in the house for a week. And before I finish, I'm no raccoon expert, but I think you're right. Raccoons definitely do not knock. No way. And story number two comes from Austin. I grew up with my grandparents. A child with ADHD, my mother didn't know how to raise me as well as my two siblings. At six, I moved in with my grandparents and my two cousins. We lived on a small dirt road with family lining the street. My aunt and uncle were around my grandparents' age and I had a very close bond with my uncle. He was my best friend. He always taught me things and showed me how to live life to the fullest. I always had my uncle to guide me and listen when I needed to talk and I never told him how much that meant to me. In the last year of high school I met a really sweet girl that I liked a lot. We started dating and we still are to this day. I started to spend less time home and with her instead, a choice that I would regret. My uncle got super sick. He always has health problems but this time he went to the hospital. I couldn't visit because of Covid. And then in October of 2022, he passed away from kidney failure. He passed away, and my final goodbye was giving him a hug as his body laid in the hospital, without any life left in it. I was hurt, mourning, and left lost. I blamed myself for all the lost time. If I wasn't hung up on my girlfriend, I could have made more memories with him. I was never a believer in God, but those next few weeks I prayed to him begging for my uncle's forgiveness for being away not spending his last days with him a few weeks passed and my aunt asked me if I wanted any of his shoes since we wore the same size I said yes and the last pair I received were a brand new pair of work boots. I brought them home crying and when I opened the box there was a slip of paper with three words on it I forgive you I'm not sure if this was a paranormal event, him knowing I'd take these shoes as my own or if it was a crazy coincidence, but I believe the paranormal of it all. It's been almost two years since he's passed, and I'm writing this email at work the day after discovering your podcast. I still wear the boots to this day, and the ashes of my uncle remain around my neck in a necklace. I still see my uncle walking around my home. He and my aunt lived next door to my aunt and uncle where I live now. And I feel his presence when I feel sad or alone, like a comforting hand saying, there, there, son, it's okay. It's comforting seeing him. And if I could say hi to him, I would. Oh, listen, if that's a coincidence, that's the biggest damn coincidence I've ever heard. Seriously. And I know it's easy to say now in hindsight and at the time of grieving Every little slight you've ever done to the person who's died seems like the biggest thing in the world. But being young and meeting a girlfriend and spending all your time with that person is really normal. That is so normal. And I guarantee you, your uncle wouldn't have thought twice about it and he would have been happy that you were living your life, had met somebody that made you happy and all of those things. Oh, that is, I mean, that is a stunning story. Take it as a sign. Take it as a sign that he forgives you. And that's, and leave it at that. And story number three comes from Madison. My brother passed away when I was seven years old, just before my eighth birthday. He suffered with his mental health, which I know can be triggering for some, but it is an extremely important detail for later on. I don't have very much recollection of the time I spent with him growing up, but I do remember him being very close to both my older sister and my other older brother. After he passed away my sister gave birth to her firstborn and moved out of our family home into her own house. Because my sister and I shared a room for so long I was a bit caught off guard when she left and I had space to myself. It was an odd feeling and so to be close to her I would often stay in her house. The first night I stayed with her I slept in her bed as she hadn't fully moved in and gotten comfortable yet. It was pitch black in the room quiet and clearly timed to sleep. I remember my sister asking me if I had tickled the side of her face. No, I had not. I was completely on the other side of the bed. Sounds close enough to be possible but her bed was oddly big like you would have to plan a journey to reach the other side. Convinced it was me, she let it go and eventually I was the only one left awake. To set the scene, I was lying on my left side. This would be facing the wall with two windows present. If I turn to my right side then I'm facing my sister, her bedroom door which was closed and a large empty wall. I did get bored of looking at the streetlights through the window so I turned onto my right side and at the door stood a figure. So clearly it was nearly hard to believe. It was my brother who had recently passed and not because I wanted to imagine it was him but because I could actually see him. I didn't feel a single bit of fear I just thought of the time my mother told me her friend who was in a car collision came to her one night and sat on the end of her bed she blessed herself and he left I did the exact same I obviously didn't want him to go but I blessed myself turned in the bed and waited for a few moments and when I turned back he was gone and I eventually fell asleep I never told a single person about this I didn't think anyone would believe me. But here's where it gets a bit wild. A few years later, my siblings brought my mother to a medium for her birthday. But to make it clear, this was an open event rather than a one-on-one. Personally, without any disrespect intended, I tend not to believe in mediums. And I definitely didn't at this time. I was 14 and I was severely mentally ill. I suffered with suicidal tendencies and it was a really hard time for me especially being so young and knowing that out of the four children my parents had raised we had already lost one due to these same reasons. Both my mother and my siblings had never met nor seen this medium in their lives and while at this event she came to my mother's table and was able to tell her how my brother had passed. She told my family that one of us had seen my brother and how he wishes he could be with me physically to help me through the tough times I was in. She told them that he wanted me to know he visits me all the time and whenever I see my curtains move, just know it's him and it's okay. This medium was able to tell my family in detail the curtains I had on my window. They were red one-direction curtains with small circles, all of different colours. We don't have a logical explanation for how she knew all of this. That night, I finally got to tell my family the story and just shared how I didn't mention it earlier because I was afraid they wouldn't believe me. Add to this story even more. A while after this, my siblings and I ordered a takeaway, and we sat in my room to eat it. I had a little single bed in the corner, and at the end of the bed was my TV on a stand. I had one of those really ugly TVs with the stupid chunky back, totally unnecessary, but my parents let me have channels in my room. I remember on this day, Man United had been playing, and that's our family's team. My brothers were die-hard United fans. While we were sitting there eating, my brother just said, Oh, I wonder what the score was on that United match today. I swear, as true as I write this email now, the three of us sat there and watched as the TV guide opened, the sports section was selected, and the guide flicked down to match of the day where the highlights of the United game were playing. I have never seen three people to be so utterly shook in my life. The remote was nowhere near anybody. And all of us watched as this happened. Without saying a word we all looked at each other and just knew exactly who it was. To this day we could all be sat down individually and tell you this story one by one and it would be completely the same recollection of events. As I mentioned at the beginning, I don't really believe in the paranormal, but these events have stuck with me for years. I wouldn't even know where to begin if I tried to debunk them. I haven't had any other encounters since these and I'm glad. ...purely because these have kept their special meaning with me since they've happened. I wasn't lucky enough to get the time I should have gotten with my brother... ...but to know that he looks out for me and has still kept his true self in death makes me feel comforted. Oh, you guys are smashing it out with the stories at the moment, let me tell you. It sounds like your family went through a really, really tough time... And I'm sorry that you and your family had to go through that time. And of course your brother. But that medium story, that's crazy. And I've seen mediums do terrible things. As in like terrible guesswork. Where you know it's only guesswork. And all of those things. And I've also seen mediums do some weird shit. Where you just think, I don't know how you knew that. I don't understand how you are able to tell me what curtains are on one of the children's window like I don't know I don't know and what a comfort to know that even though he died he is still looking after you and like you said I loved that last line that he kept his true self in death that he kept the kindness and looking out for his siblings and looking out for his family that all of that is still there in death like that's lovely Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Will, Austin and Madison for sending in your stories. Remember, if you'd like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to stories podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website Podcast.com. If you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Rory and Kid here from the award-winning podcast, This Paranormal Life. Every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax. Like the time a guy claimed he punched Bigfoot. Or when a UFO showed up at a football game in front of thousands of people. Each episode has sound effects, music, and storytelling that feels so real, you'll never sleep again. You will. Stop it, you're going to scare away new listeners. Check out This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.